What a game for the New Jersey Devils coming out victorious by a score of four to one against the New York Islanders. A lot of positive takeaways and the New Jersey Devils have some good momentum going their way, especially since they got to play the San Jose Sharks on Saturday. So hopefully they can pick up that quote unquote easy win. Hopefully I don't jinx anything. Well, anyway, getting ahead of myself, lots to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils ride for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. Man, why do I always point to the wrong graphic? Well, nonetheless, the New Jersey Devils in back-to-back outings have picked up back-to-back victories as they were able to defeat the New York Islanders by a score of 4-1. to The New Jersey Devils, they've rebounded quite nicely after dropping their first two games of the year. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about what they were rolling with during the course of practice, their overall thought process, and also I'll talk about Lindy Ruff's job security because I told you guys this was going to be a make-or-break past couple of days for him when the Devils went up against the Anaheim Ducks and now the New York Islanders and how uh, things are going to go moving forward. And then I'm going to talk about some key guys who stepped up in today's matchup. So that includes Andre Palat, Mackenzie Blackwood, Jesper Bratt. And then I'm going to give you guys my expectations moving forward because we do play the San Jose Sharks soon and not to, you know, uh, jinx anything and not to say that it's going to be a gimme win but it's a game that we should win. Or at the very least, let's just say if we were to lose it, I'd be really, really ticked off. But that's in the future. Let's talk about the overall line combinations, or let's just talk about a specific player who I feel as though is being done very, very wrong during the course of the start of the season. So let's talk about Alexander Holtz. So my overall thing is like, I want Alexander Holtz to succeed, but why is he being paired on the fourth line with Michael McLeod. That doesn't really make much sense. Now, Alexander Holtz did not play in this game because the New Jersey Devils elected to go for 11 forwards and seven defensemen as opposed to uh, rolling with six defensemen and 12 forwards. So uh, there were only two players on the, you know, quote-unquote fourth line in this matchup against the New York Islanders. Now, if you're a little confused as to why the New Jersey Devils uh, decided to make this move, Rice Salvador, who's who's a former captain of the New Jersey Devils, a friend of the show, and also an analysis for MSG. He said, this is good player management. You don't get the matchups you want on the road, so you can't have the New Jersey Devils, number 10, number 10 referring to Alexander Holtz, on the fourth line based on the last two games, having to face Martin, Sziskis, Clutterbuck all night. Ball fits better this game, going 11-7 and and rolling three lines as needed. So, I, I think this was best case scenario for Alexander Holtz because I don't think we're utilizing him correctly. So I guess it's better off that he remains on the sidelines and get, you know, mentored by uh, Sergey Breland. Uh, that was a thought process that was uh, brought to my attention by Alex Javonsi because maybe Breland can sort of act as a mentor towards Alexander Holtz. So that way, you know, uh, they can try to get the most out of his untapped potential because if you guys recall, 
Breland was an assistant coach for the Utica Comets last season, and the Comets had a really successful season. Same with Alexander Holtz, so maybe just getting that familiarity and just trying to clear his head a little bit can, you know, really help him in that regards. But I think it would help Alexander Holtz a lot more if he wasn't paired alongside a mediocre center like Michael McLeod, because I've been talking about it the last couple of games. I've been talking about it during the course of preseason. You know, Michael McLeod, he's a he's a decent player. He does well in the faceoffs. But if you're looking to get the most out of Alexander Holtz, pairing him alongside with Michael McLeod is not going to help in that regards. You need to pair Alexander Holtz with an established center, someone who can make players around them better. So someone like Jack Hughes, because if you look at what Jack Hughes was able to do for Yegor Sharangovich and also Dawson Mercer, he can do the same for Alexander Holtz. And I'd say Alexander Holtz is better than Dawson Mercer and uh, Yegor Sharangovich or has potential to be better than both those respective players. Or you can definitely say he's better than Yanni Kokonen at this stage of his career. I know Alexander Holtz has only played in, you know, less than 20 NHL games, but you know, where's Yanni Kokonen now? Yanni Kokonen wasn't projected to uh, be the player that he was a couple years ago, but who was able to get the most out of him? It was Jack Hughes. And then Yanni Kokonen was entrusted to be on the top line with Hughes to start out the season. Obviously it didn't work out in the end. Yanni Kokonen is now overseas, but my point is, is like Jack Hughes can get the most out of uh, the players that he has to be paired alongside with, or someone like Nico Heischer, uh, someone who is a two-way player, because we saw in this game, especially Nico Heischer, you know, knows how to help the players around him as well. Because if you saw on the Andre Palak goal, uh, who was, uh, who, who got the secondary assist? It was Nico Heischer who got the primary assist. Jesper Bratt, but who set it up? It was Nico Kiescher. So Nico Kiescher, you know, he doesn't have to be a superstar player, but he's still a great factor for the New Jersey Devils, obviously, because he can make players around him better. And even if he's not the superstar player that we pegged him to be, he's still a very good uh, contributor on the roster, and he can definitely help someone like Alexander Holtz. And I I think he could, I, I think that could, uh, you know, be a confidence booster for someone like Alexander Holtz, or at the very least, put him with Eric Halla because, you know, Eric Halla is a very versatile player because I talked about how Eric Halla can play a winger if needed. He was brought here to primarily be a center. But if you're really just trying to sabotage Alexander Holtz's career, then putting him alongside Michael McLeod makes no sense. So I don't know what the thought process is for Lindy Ruff in that regards, but, you know, that I, I I think it was best for Alexander Holtz to be put onto the sideline. You know, you saw the tweet from Rice Salvador, which was, you know, just based on the line combination that the New York Islanders were rolling with. Maybe it was just best case scenario not to put out uh, Alexander Holtz. And, you know, like Alex Javansi from the Hockey Writer said, maybe Sergey Breland can help uh, mentor Alexander Holtz on the sideline in that regards. And I think that's why the New Jersey Devils promoted Breland to that assistant coach position after uh, Utica was able to have a successful campaign. Now, there's a lot more to talk about. We can talk about Lindy Ruff's job security, uh, and I could give you guys my initial thoughts to the game. So let's go in chronological order. So going into the game, there was a lot at stake for Lindy Ruff still, because I said it in the last episode, which was, you know, despite the New Jersey Devils winning against the Anaheim Ducks, I'm still not sleeping comfortably at night if I'm Lindy Ruff, just because 
there's still so much that is left unanswered. Like, can the New Jersey Devils get off to a good start and maintain a lead? Can they basically, you know, win in comfortable fashion? Can they basically, you know, shut the door down on a team? And they were able to do that in this game because I know it's early on in the season. I know we've only played four games so far, but this was a great showing from the New Jersey Devils because this was head and shoulders their their best performance because it took the Islanders more than halfway through period number one to get their first shot on goal against Mackenzie Blackwood. So that's how you protect your goalie, and that's how you just make it a little easier. The New Jersey Devils were able to tighten up their defense, and despite the Islanders you know, creating good opportunities for themselves, the puck just never reached Mackenzie Blackwood. And we're talking like, you know, more than halfway done with period number one. So that was a great showing on the defensive side. Thanks for New Jersey Devils after period number one concluded. It was still a 0-0 game. And I'm just like, okay, the New Jersey Devils need to score because if the Islanders crack the egg first, then most likely they're, they're going to catch lightning in a bottle and they're going to put their foot on the gas pedal. And I think that one's going to slip away from the New Jersey Devils. But luckily – the truth stepped up for any of you who don't know, for any of my uh, more recent listeners who just tuned into the show. Well, first and foremost, welcome. But uh, I call Jack Hughes the truth because that's the nickname I give him because he is our franchise player. But Jack Hughes was able to get his first goal of the year and he's continuing his uh, little mini point streak going from the last game because he was able to have two assists in the previous matchup against the Anaheim Ducks. And I just said, Look, after I think the first game of the year against Philadelphia Flyers, I said, I'm glad that Jack Hughes is trying to create for his teammates. I'm glad that he's trying to, you know, be unselfish out there. But you're the star player. You're the franchise piece. You're you have the potentially uh, you have the potential to put your name into the running for the Hart Memorial Trophy and have a Taylor Hall type of year. Be selfish, like look for your shots, look for your goals and. He was able to do it and put the New Jersey Devils up to a one to nothing lead. But I got to give credit when credit is due. Damon Severson did have one hell of a pass to Jack Hughes. So credit to Damon Severson for finding Hughes and credit to Jack Hughes for going five hole on Sorokin because Sorokin was like a man on fire out there. Despite the New Jersey Devils out shooting the New York Islanders, Sorokin didn't make it easy on the New Jersey Devils. He just didn't really get much help. And unfortunately, it was just bound to happen because his team wasn't getting any shots on Mackenzie Blackwood. It looked like that the New Jersey Devils were playing with a sense of urgency. They were playing faster. They were playing stronger. And they were playing a better brand of hockey. And thus, you know, they, they were able to just find the back of the net. And they didn't let up after that. And you know what? It was just a snowball effect. So, But Sorokin was basically a brick wall out there. But it was just, it was just meant to be for the New Jersey Devils. And my initial thoughts, you know, the – there you go. Just basically a great game for New Jersey Devils, their best game of the season so far. And basically this was the game that Lindy Ruff needed. Now, why did he need this game? We'll talk about that momentarily. But first, I want to bring you guys the first and only live read this morning. And it comes from our friends at BetOnline. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting, football, and start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest, easy way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Lockdown Bets for all your betting needs there as well. 
Okay, so why was this game important for Lindy Ruff? Well, I've talked about it in the previous few episodes. I've talked with uh, J.D. Hernandez about it. I talked with Jersey Joe about it. I said, you know, despite it being early on in the season, if the New Jersey Devils dropped one of these games against the Anaheim Ducks or the New York Islanders, then chances are Lindy Ruff might have been gone. Now, if they dropped both these games, he's definitely gone. So what are my thoughts on Lindy Ruff right now? Well, you know, I did tell you guys my overall complaints as to how he's utilizing Alexander Holtz, but at the end of the day, Alexander Holtz is one player, and it's not like Alexander Holtz is going to make or break the New Jersey Devils. Now, I do I do want to add to uh, my little bit of a, of a breakdown in from the first segment of today's episode, which is, you know, if you're going to put Alexander Holtz on the fourth line with Michael McLeod, you might as well just replace Alexander Holtz with Fabian Zetterlin in that sort of aspect, just because I think Fabian Zetterlin would work better with Michael McLeod and Alexander Holtz being the sniper he is just maybe put him with a more established center, like maybe Nico Keisha or Jack Hughes. But anyway, I've touched on that enough. So, you know, for right now, my only complaint towards Lindy Ruff is just like his overall thought process for the line combinations, because I think a lot of people are still complaining, saying like, wait, this doesn't make sense. And, you know, we're not coaches out there, but I think we know like which works and what doesn't work. And, uh, basically, I think that's the only complaint that people have for Lindy Ruff right now. But the one thing you cannot deny, the New Jersey Devils had a better game plan going into uh, this matchup against the Islanders. I, I said a moments ago, they played with a sense of urgency. They looked like that they actually had a plan out there. They didn't look scrambled. They looked like they were determined to try to you know make something out of it. I said their defense tightened up because it was hard for the Islanders to get shots on goal against Mackenzie Blackwood. So this game was just the game that Lindy Ruff needed. And also, the New Jersey Devils, uh, they they got off to a good start to the game, and they maintained themselves. Yes, they couldn't get the shutout, but at the end of the day, they beat the Islanders 4-1. to one. And, you know, uh, it took them to the second period, but they didn't implode. So, you know, period number one, it was pretty much dead even, zero apiece. And, you know, the New Jersey Devils, despite outshooting the Islanders, couldn't find the back of the net. But then come period number two, it was the period for the New Jersey Devils. And they were able to go up two to nothing. And then in the start of period number three, uh, Andre Pilat was able to get his second goal of the game. And then they did give up a goal to Anders Lee, but Nico Heischer was able to get the empty netter goal to basically put the game to bed. So this was just a perfect game for New Jersey Devils. It would have been even more perfect had they got the shutout, but digressing a little bit because you had some players step up that w- that was necessary once again for the New Jersey Devils to nab this win. Because in the last episode with J.D. Hernandez of Locked On Ducks, I talked about some key guys stepping up their game so that way the New Jersey Devils could give themselves a legitimate chance. Now, why did we bring Andre Pilat onto the roster? We brought him to basically, you know, be that veteran piece, be that glue piece. And, you know, he's been that the past couple games. Because remember, guys, the Devils dropped their first two games of the year. And now they're on a two-game win streak. And is it a surprise to anyone that Andre Pilat was one of the players who stepped up his game? I told you guys when it matters most, Andre Pilat will step up his game. I think he heard the rumors. I think he heard the speculations. I think he heard that his coach was on the hot seat. And instead of taking a back seat and wanting to watch him fail, Andre Pilat really stepped up his game, scoring in the last matchup against the Anaheim Ducks, scoring two goals against the New York Islanders. So he really stepped up his game when his coach needed him. And that's why we brought Andre Pilat. And basically, that's what I want to see moving forward. And I said it in my Locked On Now, if you follow me on Twitter, I hope this is the first of many games in which I could say that 
uh, Andre Pilat was definitely an X factor out there for New Jersey Devils. So shout out to one of our veteran pieces. I'm glad that he's a part of the team. Yes, we overpaid him. Yes, it's a long contract, but it's off to a pretty decent start so far, knock on wood. And when talking about our baby big three, Jack Hughes was able to score in this game. Then Jesper Bratt and Nico Heischer both had multi-point games because Nico Heischer was able to have uh, two assists this game, and he also got the empty netter goal. So three points on the board for Nico Heischer, our captain in this matchup against the Islanders. Then Jesper Bratt, he had uh, the primary assist on both of Palat's goals. So, you know, that was also crucial. So the fact that our baby big three of Hughes, Bratt, and Heischer all had great outings was really a sight to behold. And I really hope this is, you know, the start of something beautiful because, you know, Jesper Bratt, I believe this is the fourth game of the year and each game he has registered a point. So currently Jesper Bratt has seven points in four game appearances. So he's, he's well on the pace to be a point per game player, but you know, I know that the pace is going to die out uh, at, at some point, but for right now he's off to a great start to the season. Jack Hughes, like I said, I want him to be more selfish. I want him to create shots for himself. I love that he wants to create for others, but I need him to be a point-per-game player. So him getting his first goal of the year was definitely uh, great to see. Nico Heischer said it earlier in the episode, you know, I don't need him to be a superstar player, but uh, he can definitely be uh, a, a key center for the New Jersey Devils. And in fact, he is that right now. And the fact, once again, that he was able to have a three-point productive day you know, that was uh, that that was also awesome to see. And now let's talk about Mackenzie Blackwood. I know we've all been tough on Mackenzie Blackwood to start the year because his first outing against the Islanders, for better or worse, not really a good outing. But, you know, he took the criticism with a grain of salt. He knows that his chances are running out. He knows that whether or not he wants to leave New Jersey uh, or, or not, you know, whether it's the Devils organization or another team out there, they're not going to think too fondly of him. So these last couple of games, he has really stepped up when the New Jersey Devils needed him. Yes, you know, he let up two goals in the first period against the Anaheim Ducks, but the Devils were able to help him out, score four unanswered goals, and he was able to get his first win of the year. And then this game against the New York Islanders, look, I know I said it was tough for the Islanders to get a shot on Mackenzie Blackwood, but here's the fact of the matter, and Kevin Weeks actually acknowledged this on air uh, during the course of, of the broadcast, he said that despite the Islanders not really getting as many shot opportunities as the New Jersey Devils, you saw that some of the shots that they were able to get off, they were tough stops to make for Mackenzie Blackwood. At some point, he had to go like into the Superman position to cover up a puck. He had to you know, get creative. He had to just basically stand tall in between the pipes, and he was able to do so. So don't let the shots on goal differential fool you. Those shots on goal against Mackenzie Blackwood – you know, despite it not coming as frequently as it was for the Devils, the Islanders were able to get good looks and it really could have gone, you know, a different route. But Mackenzie Blackwood, in the few opportunities he was given to showcase his skills in between the pipes, he was able to make the most of it. So once again, you know, great outing for Mackenzie Blackwood, despite, you know, uh, the Devils actually, you know, doing well on the defensive side of things. And just uh, just just able to shut the door down on the Islanders. Like I said, unfortunate that they weren't able to get the shutout. But you know what? I'll take this win. And this was definitely a great outing from New Jersey. So uh, I just want I just want to say uh, before I give you guys the final stats and a final letter grade, uh, the New Jersey Devils per ESPN 
are currently, I believe, ranked 25th in the entire league for power play. They only have one power play goal this season. So uh, despite the, you know, the game planning being better, I would like to see more execution and uh, better results in that regard. So that's just me for right now. You know, a couple of you brought to my attention when I tweeted that out saying too early to be thinking about that. But yes, uh, I do. I, I do believe that Andrew Burnett is definitely an upgrade over Mark Brecky but I do want to start seeing more results in that sort of aspect. Now, when looking at the final statistics for this game, shots on goal differential 43 to 17 in favor of the New Jersey Devils. Now, once again, do not let that stat fool you. Those 17 shots on goal, some of those um, those pucks that came Mackenzie Blackwood's way, they were tough stops to make. I cannot reiterate that enough. So do not let that differential fool you. For anyone who watched the game, you saw it firsthand. When the Islanders were given opportunities to score on Mackenzie Blackwood, boy, they, they were beautifully located, just better stops from Blackwood. So great performance from our netminder. Face-off percentage, 61% to 39% in favor of the Devils. Power play, both teams had a goose egg in that respect. Devils over 3, Islanders over 2. Hits, 39 to 21 in favor of the Islanders. Blocks, 21 to 19 in favor of the Devils. Giveaways. The Islanders led that department 10 to 7. Now, if I had to give a final letter grade for the New Jersey Devils in this outing, I'm going to give them an A, quite honestly, because this was the epitome of a great performance. And, you know, there was a lot at stake because had this game gone south, Lindy Ruff might have been, if he wasn't already on the hot seat, the seat got, you know, 10 degrees hotter if he were to hypothetically lose this game, especially if it were in similar fashion as it was to the Flyers and Red Wings game. But, you know, the New Jersey Devils, they got off to a good start. They maintained. Some key guys stepped up. Our baby big three was there. Our veterans were there. Our goalie was there. You know, power play, wish we could get a power play goal. But at the same time, penalty kill was was there when we needed it. And defense was really tightened up. So this was the epitome of a near-perfect performance from the New Jersey Devils. So I'm going to give them a solid A. And also sucks that they didn't get the shutout. But, you know, like I said, not everything can be perfect, but I'm going to give the New Jersey Devils an A performance. That's my first A of the year. I, I didn't think I would give the New Jersey Devils an A in, in a performance, quite honestly, this early on. So that's why I'm going to give the New Jersey Devils. Very entertaining game. A lot of interesting factoids from the ESPN broadcasts. And overall, I really enjoyed the game from start to finish, always on the edge of my seat. And it was just a great performance from the New Jersey Devils. So let me know what you guys think. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. If you're listening on a podcast streaming service, make sure to hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TreyMatt4 and the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. So once again, the New Jersey Devils came out victorious against the New York Islanders by a score of 4-1. to one. Near perfect game. Big three stepped up for us. Veterans stepped up for us. Goalie stepped up for us. Defense was tightened up. So that's why I decided to give the New Jersey Devils such a high grade in this performance, and they are 2-2 two and two to begin the year. And right now in the Metro, they rank in the sixth position, right below the Washington Capitals and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Remember, I said I don't care if they have Johnny Goodrow. Devils will definitely have a better record than the Columbus Blue Jackets. So let me know what you guys think. Here's to your guys' thoughts. And as I say to close out every episode, continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.